Welcome back to another episode of Catch and Z's podcast. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, I'm your host, Z. And this season's theme for season four is Back to Basics, where we're exploring who we are at our cores and how that can help us forge our paths forward. And I'm so excited to have yet another guest on the show today. This person, I'm going to let him introduce himself. This person is someone who was really at my side throughout my college career, uh, you know, we were just basically causing a little bit of ruckus in our corner of the world. I'm so excited to have him. He's doing amazing things in his life. Folks, welcome my dear friend, Jerome. Hi, Jerome. Sadaya. Hey, how are you? <laughs> I'm good, Jerome. Um, I'm just, like I said before, I'm really excited to have you on the show. Um, and, you know, you just, you know. <laughs> I just I don't have the words. I don't have the words. You just, I like how you said that we were causing ruckus in our corner of the world. That was very true. <laughs> very true. Oh yeah. No, I, I I think we have some good memories, you and I. Oh definitely. <laughs> Not so Jerome, would you mind telling our audience just a little bit about you, who you are, what you're up to, all of that? Yeah, for sure, for sure. So as Zanaya wonderfully said, my name is Jerome, and I, uh, me and Zanaya went to college together where I studied music industry, and you know, just like breaking into the music industry was something that, that I've always wanted to do, and even just like, even in high school, I was focused on, on doing that as, as a major in college, so like I've always kind of just been on that track, and now I am a publicist in the music industry, and mm -hmm. and um, when it comes to doing PR, I like to explain it as whenever you see an artist do an interview or is on TV or or doing anything where like, they come up with any like statements or anything that was done or set up by their PR rep slash publicist, and and that is that is what I currently do, and and I mainly do um, PR for. For music artists. That's wonderful, Jerome. And we're going to get back into that a little bit later. Um, thanks for sharing. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, Jerome and I, uh, we both were studying, you know, music industry and music business in the school, but we also had uh, some on-campus jobs together. We just, like I said, we saw each other around and, um, you know, we definitely bonded over Queen Bee. And... <laughs> uh <laughs> our queen, our queen, and I was like, "Yeah, our main, our main bomb is definitely Queen B and in our job on campus at the time." And I'm so glad because you, like, you were in my life when Lemonade dropped, and like, you know, it, it's it's it can be hard sometimes, right? Because like, thankfully, all of my friends are like, you know, Beyonce fans to a degree, but it's like, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes you just really have to like kind of go crazy and just get into it. Yes. And so it was so refreshing coming into work that following Monday and like 
we didn't even do our job for real. Like we were just oh, no, not talking at all. about. <laughs> we just sat there and dissected every single thing about Lemonade. And I'm pretty sure we watched it in our during our job, like in the office. We, we like, probably did. We put it on the computer and we turned the computer around and we just sat there and watched all of Lemonade and <laughs> talked about it the entire time. And literally all the other like students are like, okay, like what what's actually going on here? We're like, please, please shut up and focus. <laughs> fact, fact. You know, memes and I were like we're the black faces in a white space. So that that definitely added to it. <laughs> so true. <laughs> oh man. And <laughs> that seem that seems to be the theme like a lot in just <laughs> in just general. Um so Jerome, I have you here also because again, like the the season is back to basics, and I would argue, you know, I'm not trying to tell you how you're living your life. I'm not trying to <laughs> form a narrative for you, but I would argue that you know you are one of the people in my life who, in some way, shape, or form, is in fact kind of living out their dream. Um, and so that's you know, uh, my guests, I've chosen them intentionally because you know you all have inspired me in some way. Uh, to kind of just go out and make it happen for myself, whatever that means. Oh um, and, you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> and you, um, I shared this with you before, you've, you've inspired me in, in that way as well, which is the main reason I wanted to have you on the show. So can you talk to us a little bit about like, you know, yes, you went to school for music, but what was, what was eight-year-old Jerome like? What was he thinking about? What was he doing in his spare time when people ask like, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? Like, what were you, what were you telling them? Hmm, what was I telling them? <laughs> so eight-year-old Jerome, back then, I don't think, back then, I don't think music was on my radar. Not that it wasn't on my radar, but it definitely wasn't like something that I thought I was going to pursue. Eight-year-old Jerome wanted to be a pediatrician, actually. <laughs> now that I think back on it, eight-year-old Jerome definitely wanted to be a pediatrician and then I came to realize that I hate kids, so that would not be possible. But um, but yeah, that was definitely eight-year-old Jerome. And then I guess middle school Jerome, 13, venturing into our te my teen years, that Jerome was definitely very into very into music, but not, e but not even the business side of it. It was just being a performer. And, and that's what I did most of my life, you know? It was... Even in elementary school, I did music performance. I was like in all the all the musical theater shows at school, and I was those, and that continued throughout middle school and continued throughout high school. And I was very involved in like in choirs and the music scenes and and doing things like that. I traveled performing across the world, and and that was amazing in high school. So yeah, I I have some great experiences that I look back on that. Definitely now when I reflect, shaped exactly who I am right now and will continue to be. Mm, that's good. <clears throat> Thank you. Because, you know, I I, um, I've, I have talked about it throughout this season. I'll continue to talk about it. Um, you know, I, I find that, you know, we as not even just as like young black people, but just young people in general, like right now, the time that we're growing up in, depending on, you know, the environment that you're in, depending on what you are uh, able to do and uh, what you have access to, like, you know, that answer 
I asked that question specifically because that answer for a lot of people like is not always consistent. Like mm-hmm. we were kind of we we were we were encouraged to dream bigger when we were younger, obviously, but it's like, mm-hmm. you know, what's what's stopping us from still doing those things? Like it's one thing if I say like I want to be a space cowboy. Don't really know what right. that means, right? But, <laughs> <laughs> but it's another thing, you know, people who are like eight, they're like, I want to be president. And they grow up and they're like, actually, I just want to, you know, just do this other thing that is not as grand per se. And mm-hmm. it's like, why do we have to kind of put those dreams to bed? Yeah. Um, and, you know, so that's, that's, it, it, I think it's, yeah, I think it's an important conversation to have. And so um, it's it also important that you realize that <laughs> you not liking kids would definitely be a detriment to you being a pediatrician. So oh, you really sure. that. <laughs> sure. and also if I'm going to be a, a space, a space cowboy, I will be <laughs> rocking Ivy park rodeo. Absolutely. Space period. 100%. Right <laughs> on top of my astronaut outfit, the denim. Yep. Okay, mm-hmm. Period. Yeah. <laughs> And no, but you're right. And um, oh my gosh, that launch! Like, I just I have not been successful yet. Like, I think I tried twice to get some merch. Well, not merch, but like some gear, mm-hmm. and I failed both times. And right now, I would rather continue to save my coins for any yes. uh, live performance yeah. as opposed to trying to spend it right now on the rodeo. Mm-hmm. But I, I get that. it. Like I'm tempted. I feel that. And um, this launch drops like the day after I get paid. So I'm kind oh. of just like it's that's right there, you know. <laughs> it's almost like it's destiny. I think it is. So yeah. I, I I might have to cop. And this collection is honestly giving. I, I could have passed on the swimsuit stuff. Like that was cool. That was nice. But this one, there's some there's some fly there's some fly stuff in there. Yeah, no, it's very good. Um and yeah, no, it's crucial. And I know, um, speaking of Beyonce, right? Like, um, if I could have her on the show, I would, but I'm, <laughs> I'm assuming she's busy. Um, <laughs> but, you know, even, you know, in conversations about, you know, her and her artistry, mm-hmm. uh, you know, she, as well as the people in her life, will cite that, you know, what she's doing now is what she's always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. You know, she said from a young age, like, she wanted to be a performer, she wanted to be a singer. Right. And, you know, again, she had the support system to kind of help nurture that. But, you know, how many people say things like that and then get told, oh, no, like, you can't because it's too much work, blah, blah, blah. Um, but look at what kids, young kids of color, black kids, yes. especially. Ooh. Exactly. Yes. And so, like, you know, who's who's to say, like, how many people, how many great talents don't we know about just because exactly. certain folks weren't supported? Um, and so now coming back to you, Jerome, in your professional career, uh, obviously, you don't have to give us the full tea, but. Another aspect of your story that was incredibly inspiring was the part about the perseverance in your current mm. industry, as well as the incredible money moves. And I say money moves, <laughs> but it's more so strategic strategy. I don't know what your bank account looks like, but <laughs> <laughs> the moves you made to getting into the position that you're in today. So could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, for sure. So during college, you know, you have to like do your internships in order to graduate. And like a lot of the times I feel like people do their internships and just like move through the motions and don't really capitalize on, on those experiences. And mm-hmm. I, I just 
I tried to make the most out of everything that I did. And that was something that was really important to me. And I interned, I interned, what internships I did? I did a music marketing internship with like this music marketing firm. I did another internship with like this independent record label. And I did another one with Atlantic Records, which is a major label. And I tried to capitalize on every single one of those opportunities, especially the one with Atlantic, where I ended up being for for a year after the semester. They invited me back and they're like, Jerome, like, please come back and we would love to have you again. And I made sure to to really capitalize on those relationships that I made there. And I'm still in contact to this day with with that full with that full team over in the Atlantic PR department. And I always credit I always credit them to like me just learning everything about PR and publicity because before that PR internship at Atlantic, I didn't even know like publicity was like a thing, you know? Like mm-hmm. I feel like when people think about the music industry, they think about managers, they think about A and R, they think about like studio engineers, like those kind of like flashy things. But there's so much more that like happens behind the scenes that like a lot of people don't know. And and for me, PR was one of those things. And I, I always say like I, I fell in I fell into PR and I didn't go looking for it and and that wasn't like my area of focus in school, but I, I ended up in it and and I and I ended up loving it. And then post graduation, you know, just the job search, the job hunt. And it was as rough as rough for everybody, and it was definitely, definitely rough for me. I looked for a job for like two years, two plus mm-hmm. years. And but I didn't stop. I went on maybe like over a hundred interviews. I would always like get to like that last, that last round where it's like me and the other person. But for some reason I just couldn't I couldn't like claim that position, you know? And I I would always get to like the very last round and I, I would lose out on the very last round. And I was I was getting really frustrated and really upset. So I was just like looking for any and every opportunity and I started looking at internships again. And I was like, you know what? Maybe they feel like I don't have enough experience. So let me let me look for internships and let me try to get some more experience. So I'll add it to my resume and see what happens after that. So I looked for internships, found a paid internship and interviewed there, got hired the next week as a paid intern. And it was at a PR firm based in the city. And it was great. I, I was learning so much and I was getting paid for it and just like doing everything. And I, I kind of had a leg up because I had a lot of PR experience from my over a year at, at Atlantic. So I kind of already knew what to do. So I was, they were able to utilize me in a way that I don't think interns really get utilized for. I was, I was writing press releases. I was connecting with artists because I, I just knew how to do all these things already. And during the time, I remember there was like kind of, for like the company's like full-time staff, there was like a change where somebody left and they were looking to fill the position. And originally it was for an executive assistant to like the president slash CEO of the company. And I I originally didn't apply for it. And I was like, I don't want to be an exec assistant. Don't really see that as part of my future. So I didn't apply for it. But then as like the weeks went by, they hired somebody for the position 
um, and she was in it. And then one day I was like, you know what? What's like, here I am, I know what I'm doing. I could totally do this job beyond just being a, like a part-time intern for the company. So I met with the new exec assistant and scheduled a meeting with the president and CEO of the company. I prepared a whole PowerPoint presentation and just kind of laid out to the president of the company just what I could bring to the company and the gaps that I saw and how I could use my skill set to, to fulfill those gaps that that were that were in the present company and she was like you're absolutely correct after my presentation she goes you're 1000 percent right and then the following week she hired me full-time actually yeah she hired me full-time next week and i was her assistant for a few months she goes you know what my whole thing was i want to build a black database of just like writers and journalists who specifically focus on black artists and black issues because I just I just think that it's so important for our narratives and our stories to be protected not only to be protected but to be conveyed in a way that's accurate and, and true to the artists and true to us. And a lot of the times if you're non-black, you, you you can't fully grasp and wrap your head around around those narratives and stories. So that was my whole that was my whole thing. Mm. And they completely agreed with me and really loved what I had to say about it. So she was like, you know what? I'm going to hire you. She hired me full time. She goes, I want you to work with me for a few months and me and you together, we're going to build this database together. And, and then once that's all done, we'll transition you over to a publicist position. So three months later, I actually hired another person of color to take my assistant spot and they transitioned me over to a full-time publicist. And that's when my career as, as a publicist began. And, and since, since then, it's, it's been really wonderful. My first client was, my first ever client was Fab Five Freddy. Um, and, and then now I'm on campaigns for, I'm the publicist for Common, I'm a publicist for Chance the Rapper, and a lot of a lot of other people too, and it's it's amazing. I know that's right, Jerome. <laughs> you better talk about the come up, Jerome. That's <laughs> it. Uh, and thank you. Okay, one, thank you so much for sharing because uh, you, each time you tell the story, I get chills. Oh, <laughs> no, I won't stop. And two, I know you know a lot of uh, college graduates specifically uh, do tune into the podcast and. I think it's so important, again, like you gave a very realistic, you know, example of what life is like post-grad. You know, I talk to a lot of the students that I work with and they're very, you know, everyone was sold the dream, right? Go to school, get your degree, mm-hmm. leave with a job. And that's not everybody's story. So many of us and them, you know, are graduating with no idea either like where they want to go or they've applied to jobs and they haven't heard back or they've just gotten rejection after rejection. So I think it's so important for, you know, for you to have shared that piece of, you know, you were on the hunt for two years and you had to take the, make the executive decision for yourself and say, okay, another internship. And it just so happened that that internship was then what led you to kind of where you are now. So for anybody listening, like, you know, don't, don't give up. I know it's hard. Can you talk a little bit about like what, 
I guess you did just for the for the sake of like inspiration like how did you how did you get past being frustrated or, or how did you not like internalize some of those rejections while you were while you were job searching I, I did internalize those rejections and and I was frustrated the whole time like <laughs> it's like you should be frustrated the whole time because like you go to college for all these years you spend so much money and pour so much of yourself into studying and and doing this thing that society tells you that you have to do in order to get a job and you do all the things that you're supposed to and then after that the job that you think you're going to get isn't happening isn't coming to the table so like that is just a, a extremely frustrating time and and people should be frustrated with it but one thing you have to learn is just to not get discouraged. I got discouraged so many times throughout the process where like I would, and thank, thank God I had a really strong support system at home and, and a lot of people don't have that and, and, and I get that. But for me, I, I did have a strong support system with my parents and my family. So I'm so thankful for them. But yeah, it, it was so rough and so discouraging. And, and at first I kind of looked at when I was applying for internships after graduation, I was like, I looked at it as kind of a step back. Mm-hmm. But now that now that I, well, hindsight's twenty twenty, but now that I, I look back at it, I'm like, that wasn't a step back. That was just me reassessing. And I think a lot of people can look at reassessing as taking a step back when it's not. You're just you're just regrounding yourself, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with taking a little time to, to figure things out. And, that, and that's okay. And I, and I feel like as a society and as a community, we don't push that enough, that it's okay to, to, take, it, to take your time and, and to reframe your mind and reframe your goals. And, and sometimes the path to your goals aren't, like, won't be what you think it will, it will be. Sometimes there's gonna be a lot, of, a lot of dips and a lot of divots and it's just finding ways to get over to get through those divots and, and through those holes and, and just like really just persevering and, and knowing and staying true that you know what you want to do and and being okay to change your plan of attack like I, mm. I, I feel like it's important to know that it's okay to change your plan of attack and how you're going to go to something you just can't stick to one plan and, and just try to focus on that in that one path there's there has to be some room for change and and in those spots where you do find changes where you're going to have moments of clarity and understanding come on pastor preaching <laughs> <laughs> over here man um i i agree 100% thank you um for elaborating on that you know again i that's something even i'm still on a journey for like just learning about um allowing redirections to you know, take me where they're supposed to take me. And I, I, I found myself like kind of like in a, in a networking space, not too long, like two weeks ago. And I was just asking the people who were on the panel, I was like, you know, how, like, what, what did it feel like for you when you, like, what was it like when you said, yes, this is what I'm supposed to be doing? Like, what was that moment like for you? And I asked that question on like a Thursday and then literally the following Saturday, I had that same moment, like me and myself. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's, you don't see it coming, right? Like you just kind of have to, it's, it's more than just going with the flow. It is 
going, like you said, going towards what it is that you want. And it's, that's going to show up and present itself in a lot of different ways. Like it's, it's probably not going to show up the way you thought, Mm -hmm. but you know, once you see that piece of even just, even just one small piece of what it is you're looking for, you just kind of have to follow that breadcrumb and just keep going and keep going and keep going until everything is revealed. Um, and, and, and again, yeah, it's hard, especially when, you know, like maybe you've got bills to pay, right? You're out of, you've spent mm-hmm. the money on college or whatever. It's been six months, 12 months, 18 months, whatever. And, you know, you're just kind of waiting for something to give. So I, I again, appreciate you telling that story and uh, look, just look how it turned out for you, right? Yeah. You kind of stayed on the path and now you talking to me about you doing publicity for some of my favorite artists, like, <laughs> oh my gosh. And, uh, you, you said it, Jerome, like we were in college and you were like, yo, like I'm going to take over the industry. How and, many conversations do we have in college <laughs> of just like us talking about just being in the industry, you know, and just like trying to make it and make a name for ourselves. 100%. Like so many times we had this conversation and it's, I don't even want to say it's happening. Like I'm not saying it's happened and it's one and done. No, but I mean, like, damn, Jerome, like you, <laughs> you basically made it. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. It's, it's it's a process, and I'm still in that process. You know, I'm still mm-hmm. I'm still growing in so many ways. Like in terms of like this industry, I am such a baby in this industry. You know, I am mm-hmm. like such a newcomer, and I'm I'm still learning every single day. I learn something new with my job and learning how to do different things. Like, even though like I do do PR for like a lot of like these people, I'm, I'm learning. I'm, I'm still trying to find my path and still trying to figure everything out. But this is just helping me along the way, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, and even, I mean, obviously you, you may feel like a baby. You may be a baby um, in the context of everything, but from over here, you're a giant, so <laughs> you keep you keep doing the damn thing. Um, so, what something else I'm doing this season with the podcast is um, I'm asking, I guess, questions to my guests, but also to the audience, and just kind of like pieces, just a question for them to kind of simmer over. But since you are my live guest, I'm going to ask it to you now mm-hmm. um, and ask for an answer. Um, so. Given, you know, your the story you just told us about, like your professional history and how you've gotten from point A to point B, uh, how would you say someone can go from letting things happen around them to making things happen for mm-hmm. them? Ooh. Okay. <laughs> That's how can you go from letting things happen to making them? I think it's all I've been very into I want to start off by saying this. I've been very into protecting like my mental health recently. Like mm-hmm. over the last few months, like mental health has been something that's just been so important to me. And it's something that I've never prioritized before. And there's such a shift once you do start prioritizing your own mental health. And I've like I've been in therapy for the past like month, and that's been amazing. I suggest Free plug, please, everybody go to therapy. It's it's an amazing thing. Retweet. Um, and I think, and something that I've learned over this past few months is 
is just like the idea and the concept of, of reframing. And, mm. and with that meaning, just like reframing your mindset and, and putting it into a position where things are working in, in your way. So things happening to you, there are things that are gonna happen to you that are just like so out of your control and there's nothing that you can do about it. And these things are just going to happen to you. But what I, what I like to do is when I'm put in those situations where, where things happen to me, and my, my mind starts working and my mind starts going and I'm like, okay, how do I reframe this situation that has happened to me into a situation where I can make things happen that although the situation has happened to me, there are still some things in that situation that I can take control of and that I can maneuver in a way that works best for me. So mm -hmm. I think that you need to find those elements in the situations that are happening to you that you can adjust and that you can move so that you can make things happen for yourself. If that makes sense. It makes sense to me. <laughs> um, and I'm so glad to hear you say that because I, you know, I definitely have spoken specifically about reframing situations like a bunch of times on the podcast because that like you said that was a piece that has tremendously helped me on my own journey of you know just seeking clarity um mm -hmm. as well as yeah like responding to i guess my circumstances and so you know once i started more intentionally like reframing certain things um i talk about <laughs> i i probably talk about this like once every other episode but like, you know, I I just kind of focus on the, the parts that I can control, let go of what I can't, and then do with that information what I can. And it usually turns out in some way, shape or form for my benefit, may not be like a material benefit, but it's like mm -hmm. helping me either on the journey or I feel better emotionally or mentally, um, or I just, you know, I just feel lighter. Um, where in the past maybe I would have gotten so incredibly frustrated that it ruined my day. So it's going to be something even as simple as that. So I'm, I'm so glad to hear you talk about that too, because yeah, I think that is just a really critical piece of living and existing kind of like at, 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 as your best self in your environment, even if it doesn't, again, even if it doesn't look how you, you know, want it to look, you're just not there yet, you know, but it's not like you're not going to ever get there. And um, I do that. I did that actually before I got my apartment. Um, you know, that's kind of, I guess, like the physical version of it. I was, you know, me and my roommates were living in a really, uh, you know, cramped <laughs> apartment in the hood. And it was just less than desirable. It was very much a, a placeholder. And I did recognize that I was doing a lot just in general, had like just a lot of jobs. I was doing grad school. And so coming home, you know, it was for rest, but I recognized that like the, the physical environment wasn't really like helping me out too much. And so I had to do what I could to kind of, uh, to switch it up. And, and for me in that case, it was quite literally buying a single candle and lighting the candle just to kind of make me feel like yeah. I was in a like tranquil space. Um, but when it came time to do my apartment hunt for the place I'm in now, little things like that helped me then inform uh, that decision. So I knew what I was looking for in the new apartment. And now 
I got like 87 candles. Um, and I like, there you, go. Time. <laughs> um, you know, but I, I wouldn't have gotten to that conclusion had I not taken that time back then and, and looked at the, the discomfort I was in uh, and tried to make it work uh, better for me. So I thank you for, for your insight onto that super important question. <laughs> <laughs> so Jerome, I guess, we're about to wrap things up. Oh no. Um, I know. What okay, well first, what can you say is next for Jerome, just in general, professionally or just personally or whatever? What's next for Jerome? What is next for Jerome? Um I besides think- the Ivy Park Rodeo. <laughs> besides <laughs> Ivy Park Rodeo. I think I think what what's next for me kind of changes. Like mm. it, it is always just like constantly changing because each day I'm learning something new. And with that new piece of information, I'm always kind of just readjusting what what I think my goals are in life and just taking in that new information every day and, and readjusting. And, and I, I just like want to stress how important it is to be okay to readjust, like as, as I was saying before, like it's it's completely okay to readjust and that just shows how flexible you are. And just like, like I said, I'm, I'm just readjusting every single day what my goals are because I'm just learning something new. And, and I think it's difficult to keep your goals the same and take in new information and, and not change and not change or adjust your goals. I think that's something to me that's like kind of weird. like if you have like a set of goals and, and, and whatever you want to do that you want to accomplish and you're constantly learning new things and to not adjust those is just kind of weird to me. So mm-hmm. what's next for me is constantly changing. So what I think is next for me now, I, I'm excited for, for, for what's to come. I, I have some really cool stuff coming up with, with my clients that I'm, that I'm excited about. And, um, I can talk about some of them, some of them right now because they would have happened by the time this comes out. Um, I'm currently in the process of planning a premiere event for for Chance the Rapper. Um, he, the trailer dropped last month. He's coming out with a new concert film, and I'm working with him on planning these like premiere events for the film. And I'm I'm really excited for those, and those are coming together really nicely and just and just working with chance he's he's amazing he's he's so nice and just like he has he has he's one of those people that has like such a vision and he's like come aboard my vision and, and let's like achieve it together like, that's the type of person he is and it's mm-hmm. they're working with him and and in common is it common is the same way he's he's amazing too and he's just so down to earth and and so kind and so nice, and it's it's amazing working with him, and he's the best. But I have some just like really good clients, Chance, Common. I worked Rafi. I worked with Rafael Sadiq on his last album. And he was mm-hmm. amazing. Um, I just I just wrapped up this one film I was working called All the Streets Are Silent, which was like about the convergence of hip hop and skate culture in the late 80s and 90s and 
I got oh, to meet yeah. a bunch of people from like that era. I got to speak with a large professor who's like such an icon in the hip hop space and Fab Five Freddy and people like that. So just like, uh, I, I just have great clients and I'm so appreciative of them because I'm just constantly learning from them and just constantly growing because of them. And 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 I've only realized how much I am growing because of them. And, and that's something that they'll, they'll never fully grasp and something that I'll be eternally grateful and thankful to them for. This is beautiful. Oh, Jerome, uh, how, how exciting. Wow. Congratulations on all of your success and all of your pending success. Thank you. Thank you. And there will be haters along the way. And mm -hmm. they will try to block you and they will try to, they're going to be those deterrents on your path. And they're, they're going to be some of the hurdles that you need to jump over. But when it comes to them, you just kind of got to push them aside and stay focused on, uh, on what you want to do because those haters will come in many different forms, people, obstacles, and, and, and they will happen. And you just got to remember to keep on just like you have your plan and you have your goals in your mind and, and just stick, stay true to those and, and, and stick to them because those haters, they have something going on inside of them. They need therapy and they need to do some soul finding and soul searching for themselves because the fact that they're even taking time out of their lives to try and hinder yours is, is an issue amongst itself. So there will be haters. And I had, I had some of those in my way that I had to get through it. And you know that I, you know some of those haters. And, <laughs> and those haters come in different forms. They're not just like your peers and people your age. They're gonna be full, fully grown people who are 12 <laughs> years into your life that will try and tear you down so much because they are unhappy with how their lives are going. And you just gotta remember that, that their path is their path and your path is yours and that they can't have an effect on your path if you, if you don't allow them to. And that was something that, that I learned, especially in college. Once again, you're preaching. <laughs> <laughs> um that that again that's that's so incredibly important right and i thank you again for bringing that up because it's you know we and in the culture of social media like not not to sound like you know one of those people right but you know we we do share highlights right and you know one of the, the goals of this platform is again to kind of be transparent and yeah, you know, there's everyone can achieve success so long as they put their mind to it, but that doesn't mean it's going to come without any pushback from a variety of places. And so thank you wow. for acknowledging that because that's just really important. And it, and it doesn't stop, right? It's not like you hit a threshold and then no. suddenly you stop having, you know, no. haters and people preying on your downfall. <laughs> it will always. Just going to push you further to your goal. And that's it. Right. Yeah. And so I, I try not to, you know, use only that, you know, like spite or whatever as my motivator. But listen, it can help. It, it can help sometimes. You a little, little pick me up. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It can definitely be a pick me up. But like you said, don't let it be the only thing that fuels you. The one thing that right. feel you feel you is you and just like your own passion and your own determination. That should be the main thing that feels you and right. nothing, nothing else. Exactly. No, that's super important. 
Um, well, thank you for that question, Jerome. And <laughs> well, I mean, I guess any just any any final thoughts or final words that you want to share either with the audience or with your future self when you come back to listen to this episode later or questions, comments, concerns for me or anything like that? Um, I would like to go out saying Black publicists are important. Mm. And they protect and narrate your stories and convey them in a way that others just cannot. And that is so extremely important. And that's something that, that I learned and that I, I try to stay true to every single day. So Black publicists are important because we are the protectors and narrators of our own stories and we can help you with yours. That's a beautiful thing. And I'm so glad that when I finally meet a publicist, I know exactly who I'll be going to. <laughs> um, I think that's a great place to wrap. Thank you, Jerome, so much for coming onto the show and sharing your wisdom, sharing your story, highlighting the significance of Black publicists and just continuing to inspire someone like me uh, to go out and, and make it happen. You inspire me, so thank you. Thanks, Jerome. Uh, thank you for having <laughs> me on. This was amazing. This is oh, a long time coming. I'm so glad you're finally able to do this. No, me too. Um, and you're right. It was a long time coming, and it will not be the last. So. It will not. It will not. <laughs> so until next time, my friends. Yes.